This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Morning after the night before, the final score from uh, Deepdale, Preston North End 1, Bristol City 0. Dave Fevs predicted it to the T, so later on we'll be asking him for the lottery numbers this evening. Joining me is Dave, Ian and Mark. few of you have got up to listen live on Saturday as well, which is is really good. Really good of of you to do that. Um, I'll be honest, I I did watch the game last night. We had a family party, uh, social distancing, observed households and everything like that. Uh, So I was watching it, but sort of uh, not in the way that I would normally do. But um, so rather than me do our normal routine of a summary of the game and then through the the match action. I mean, for my part, I thought the first half we were dreadful, utterly dreadful. Can't believe Dean said after the game that he thought we were in it. We looked a shambles of a side. And in fairness... In the second 45 minutes, uh, I thought we maybe did enough to get a point. So that's that's my take on it. And I guess after today's results, we could drop down three places, unlikely because the three teams that could go above us are all playing uh, away. It matches of varying difficulty. But uh, without further ado, I'll come to uh, Ian first. Ian, your, your, your thoughts on the 90 minutes and the lineup. So over to you first. And other, uh, um, Mark and Dave, feel free to chat in rather than let either Ian or I chunter on. But we'll we'll start off with Ian just talking about his thoughts on the game. Yeah, I thought the first half was very, very disappointing. We set up badly against the team that normally plays with the little guy up top. And nobody seemed to know who was going to mark him. Taylor Moore can't play left centre-back, so let's get that one. I mean, he might be all right to come on for 10 minutes to close the game out. Um, there is a suggestion that he may be able to play holding midfield if, if uh, Backinson isn't capable of doing 90 minutes. But he's, And he may be able to play right centre-back, but at left centre-back, he gets himself in trouble. It was a sloppy tackle to give away the penalty, and I think Sinclair did make a meal of it. Uh, he may have got a little touch on the ball. There was some, enough contact to give the referee a decision to make, a la O'Dowda uh, clattering into the guy at Barnsley. And uh, one goal was highly likely to win a game with two out of form sides. Um, and with, with us only have one bloke who you see get the ball in the penalty area and you think he might score, and that's Wells. Yeah. Um, if you pack your side with players that uh, don't create and don't what well, certainly don't score. Um, you know, none of our forwards score goals apart from Wells uh, or Jiju, and he was suspended. The midfield players don't assist or score. Masengo hasn't got an assist or a goal no. um, since he's been at the club. So it, it's highly unlikely 
that you're uh, you're, you're going to get a lot of goals. So um, second half, yeah, put the team out. I thought he should have started with played with some width, got the ball forward a little bit quicker, passed it forward instead of sideways and backwards. Uh, didn't do what he did against Millwall. That was played with three holding midfield players in front of a back three, which is a bit odd if you want to get on the front foot. And uh, second half, I thought we were unlucky not to come out with at least a point. Their goalkeeper yep. made a couple of cracking saves, but then again, Bentley made a good one as well. Yes, so, he did. Um, uh, that that would be my take on the game, and you could almost you're going to rate the players. You could almost rate them for the first half, and then rate them for the second. That's very true, Dave. Your your thoughts on the uh, on that uh, the lineup and just the overall way the yeah, game went? That's, I, I rarely have too many problems with the with the lineup. Um, I, I think you look at the eleven players that he started with last night, and that eleven is totally capable of going out there and getting a result. But there's lots of things wrong out there at the moment as, as well and you know then it's, then it's not helping but we were pretty poor first half I think our only real outlet in the game was down the right hand side with Masengo feeding Jack Hunt and unfortunately I think Hunt put in one really really good cross but most of his crosses were poor and that yeah. kind of lost us it second half we I, I don't disagree we were we were a lot better but even in the little bits where we created a bit of pressure. I didn't think we sustained pressure. We let Preston off the hook too easy, either by, you know, giving away a cheap foul, you know, and we know what Preston like, you know, they'll actually foul you and make it look like they've been fouled. And I think we, you know, for me, that was not being very streetwise at all last night. You know, I'll go back back to the the, the penalty. Um, Whether it's a penalty or not, I I, I don't care. I I think with the, the form that Preston have got, You've got to be, as soon as that happens, you've just got to be surrounding Scott Sinclair and making the referee <laughs> think that he's dived. Yeah. When no, that's, off, that's lack of street, when, street, that's like street, streetwise, yeah. isn't it? And shithousery yeah. to give it, well, no, no. It, it is yeah. actually, yeah. I think the same with Darnell Fisher. I think Hunt went round the referee. But I, I'd be all on top of the player as well and, and I'd be forcing the referee to do it. And I, There was a classic example last night, um, round about, I think it was the hour mark, a ball went out for a throw-in in our right-back spot. And Daniel Johnson had a right go at the referee, saying, that's our throw-in, that's our throw And it was most obviously not. It hadn't gone anywhere near any of our players. Two minutes later, Naj wins a block tackle down in the left-wing spot. And it's probably a 50-50 in terms of which way the throws go. But he lets the referee make up his mind. If that had been me, I'd be grabbing the ball and taking a throw-in. And the ref's probably going to go play on in the... But we, yeah. we don't do that. And that, that's the, the kind of weak mental side of us. And I think that, that shines through. And hence, whenever we built a bit of pressure, we gave away a free kick or we let them break on us and we lost momentum. And it was it was one of those games where that clock just ticks ever so fast. And, and you know, we ran out, ran out of time. Then. But it was a better performance second half. Over to you, Mark. Yeah. Mark, I mean, uh, th- there was the penalty incident and then uh, they could have been down to 10 men when, uh, I think it was the fullback, I can't remember his uh, name now, but he took out... Darn- Darnell Fisher. Darnell Fisher. I think he was a player that we'd been linked with as well at some stage, but uh, your Wasn't thoughts on the game... Wasn't he the player that, that Go on, grabbed Ian, someone's sorry. testicles the other week and got banned? Was that him? Yeah, I think he might have been. He's come I back from it, a free game ban. My uh, my cousin Ken was telling me that he's only just come back from it from a free game ban. But yeah, yeah the Darnell yeah. Fisher incident. He'd already pulled. He'd already had. He had two bites of uh, of Semenya on the left to get his yellow card. Yellow card, uh, and then 
he um, he went his following leg went through through uh, through a tackle, which is a bookable offence. And if the referee's given a free kick, and Semenyo's he was rolling around on the floor, he wasn't he was in pain. Probably exaggerated it a little bit. That's got to be a sending off. The referee bottled it. He he, yeah. cer- he certainly bottled it. The penalty incident. Sinclair's clever. What he does is he takes the ball across Taylor Moore and invites the challenge. And yeah. Moore falls for a hit line and sinker. All he has to do is stand up. He's got a turn, Taylor Moore. He doesn't have to make the challenge. Just stand up and, and try and block the shot. So, but Dave, Dave's, Dave's absolutely right. Um, you know, we're very soft. What I thought I saw in the first quarter of an hour was a little, City being a little bit... I thought City were looking a bit more streetwise. The first quarter of an hour again, we were sort of bumping players... We were we were uh, we were pressing. There was a little bit of that, and, and we looked like we were going to put ourselves about. But as soon as that went, I think um, Maguire's Sinclair burst into the box and had his first shot on seventeen minutes. Then City went really deep. The midfield got isolated. Dean Holden said we were passive in the final third. We weren't. We were scared. There was no there were no yeah. midfielders getting ahead of the ball. We relied on Hunt's crosses, and that was it. We were all waiting for the the, uh, the the halftime whistle, and then we were better in the second half. But still, we don't get the midfield players breaking in front in front of the uh, you know ahead of the ball. And the one player who's got the, the best finishing in, in in the team didn't have any any shots on goal. We didn't we didn't create anything for Wells, and that's where he fell down. In fact, we didn't create anything really for. Uh, uh, from Martin Eider and the one person you want with plenty of balls going into the box managed to get himself banned those players that we had on the bench last night all the youngsters were really there as bench warmers because I don't think Dean trusted them to go on he didn't think they were going to do anything so it's a sad indictment that we were relying on the second half to come back yes we look really good and Earl and uh, Fisher were really threatened by Semenyo and O'Dowda on each wing, and I think yeah. they've got. A, they, it's a, it's a, if they both play, they both got to play out wide. But can you play with? You can't just play with natural wingers now. There's no such thing. Players have got to work. Do they play in a four-three-three up top with Wells, or do they play in a four-four-one-one or a four-four-two? Well, these are the these are the, the these are decisions. Out. These are the decisions. The structure of the side mm. that Dean has to make. I mean, if we look at individuals, uh, Ian, I'll come to you. I mean, Taylor Moore. He seems to have regressed a lot in recent weeks. Uh, Masengo. We've talked numerous t- times that we've sort of drummed any natural talent. It appears out of him. He was taken off. Atkinson looked weak, although he did weak physically. I mean, although he did one exquisite pass, which cut the defence late in the second half. Um, there's there's a whole raft of things going wrong, Ian. That are yes, we've got the players out injured, but this mentality, this confidence, and stuff like that. What what's what's the root cause of it? And I'll ask you the same question, Dave. But Ian first. Well, if, if let's take a look at the players there. You you've got. Um, guess where Masengo plays for France and attacking central midfield. Yeah, yeah, he's an attacking midfielder. Yeah. Now for us, he's never scored a goal or got an assist, and you think he would have got one just by accident. Yeah. Um, so what's wrong with him? We've coached when I first saw him. He came on as a sub against QPR, and by the way, I think he was our best midfield player in the first half last night. Now I know that's a low bar. I just said the same, Ian. Actually, on text, so. 
Yeah, yeah. But, I but, thought he was. But you were. I thought he was good last night. Yeah, and the manager doesn't like him, um, and they've obviously said to him, "Look, uh, in order for you to succeed in English football, we need to turn you into RoboCop. So you need to get down here on the weights, put on about two stone and muscle, and then you'll be fine." The only problem is that's taken away any um, built-in inherent. Ability in it because when yeah. I first saw him, and, and agility on, and probably too, yeah, and agility. And, yeah, because he really. Sorry to interrupt you. Ed. I mean, I really thought this season. Yeah, he's bulked up, but he almost. He's so puffy in the face compared to what he used to look like. It's almost like he's on bloody steroids to give him this physicality. Yeah, he well, doesn't. Do, do you I, remember I me know. saying back in, back when we first started these podcasts that I, I I likened it to? I think when we saw him put that little bit of bulk in on before the Blackburn game. I likened it to Fernando Torres in that Torres was a real kind of like skinny, you know, no real definition about him when he first went to Liverpool. But his body wouldn't cope with playing 38 league games and European games all season. So they they have to build him up because otherwise, you know, you get injuries and knocks. And he lost, I think, at that little bit of, you know, that, that bit of, something extra, that little bit of sharpness as, as a result. And I remember saying the same about Masengo. And I thought I thought that was the case when I saw him play a little bit this season. Last night, I thought he actually looked really good. Or not really good's probably a bit strong, but up against everyone else. He was the pick for me in the first half. You know, there was one bit where he took a ball on his chest in the I think in the centre circle and he volleyed a pass out to Hunt with his left foot. And you think no one else in our team's got that that ability about There's him. a footballer and, in there. Yeah, yeah and, and there was well, the, one the bit point... he knocked a first-time ball into O'Dowda, and O'Dowda runs on for 30 yards out, and I'm thinking, just hit the bloody thing. And then he's tried to play a little one-two with Martin. I think, just hit it, you know. And, and that was that was some of the little flashes of Masengo last night. I'm thinking, that's what we saw, as you say, in QPR last year, Swansea last year, when he looked really, really good. Yeah. yeah well, he, he but you were saying, Ian, you're talking about Masengo playing out of position for us and what have you. <laughs> He was making late runs into the box and he had a mm. nice touch. And when he tackled people, he actually got the ball when he was lighter. Yeah. Um, our um, team of coaches, our coterie of coaches, has coached that out of him. Yeah. And if you look at the players in our side, and I made this point a few weeks ago, do you think we could get 4.5 million from Masengo now? Do you think we could get... What was it? The, the combined costs of Palmer, Callas, and um, De Silva. Do you actually think we could get somewhere around, what was we paid for them? About 14 million for the well, three? Well, COVID notwithstanding, yeah, but probably well, not in reality. Yeah, take, take Dave, COVID, COVID yeah. Didn't, didn't stop the Premier League spending 1.2 billion. So I'm not. Might have been me just messing about there. Take your Sorry. Point. Uh, yeah. I was. I take your point about COVID, but but you know the, the Premier League spent 1.2 billion on players, and but then again um, they've got the TV money in because all through the summer I was thinking how are these guys yeah how are they doing it you know how are they how are they spending all this money and then you think well the coming through the coming through the turnstiles not important to them they don't care no sorry Ian, can we just talk about kind of transfer fees and maybe bar cash a little bit later? And uh, yeah. so I think there's a there, I think there's a good link up with what you're saying there. 
If we're yeah, talking about Masengo, I... at first glance, a layperson would say he, looks, he doesn't look physically capable of demands of the championship and he's scared to get beyond the ball. And we know there's there's a good player in there. If he, plays, he supposedly plays an attacking midfield player and you think with Keith Downing and Paul Simpson, there'd be some encouragement to, to, to drag defenders out of position. But um, Josh Earl, I think it's Josh Earl of uh, Preston, looks so comfortable in the first half because the only player that was on to him was Hunt and he was just skying, skying balls into the penalty area that were just being headed back by Huntington and Davis. They wouldn't have had an easier time all season. No. Well, the problem you get is, is when you play a lot of high balls to small strikers. Now, this, this big Chris Martin... Thing, makes me fall about laughing. He's five foot ten. Yeah, Naki yeah, Wells yeah. is shorter than I am. He's five foot six. Yeah. And, and and we blast the ball above his head. And they're neither of them quick. So it's no good playing the ball down the channel and saying, right, go on, give them a race, because they'll lose. So we you what you need is the creativity in midfield to get the ball in and to put in head high crosses. Or, or drill them in low. Yeah. It, it, I, I just found that absolutely frustrating last night. We know that Wells can score a lot of goals if he gets the chances. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I, I don't see, okay, they made the right changes at halftime, but why did they set up wrong in the first place? And I don't, I mean, in terms of getting the team to the next level and a breath of fresh air, I just, it's, it's, I'm sorry, but injuries aside it ain't happening no it's just not happening and, and i'm not feeling it and i'm not getting it at the moment and yeah. I, I don't think they're capable of, of of doing that yeah i mean mark somebody made the point on otib last night or somewhere um about coaching i'll call it top level players under 17 level which is what dowling and uh, and simpson have done that is very different environment to the rigours of championship football. And I look at both of those players that are assisting Holden, and I don't see somebody that can be helping on a, a rookie manager in a meaningful way. It's not like we all remember going back a few years, was it that John... John Ward, he 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 wasn't. He, you know, he admitted he needed help, or was it Tinian? Who, who was the no, one who wanted Ray? Was John, John, what, John, John he Ward. wanted Ray Harford, the late Ray Harford. Yeah, he wanted in. he wanted yeah. Ray, Ray Harford. I think he was at, at Oxford at, at that time, and, and and the club said no. Uh, and of course, they brought in Lenartson over his head, and he, he resigned after Ray a Ward. game on the TV against Bolton Wanderers, didn't he? Which we but won. You think, in my in my opinion, that. With with those younger players, they should play without fear. It's in a completely different environment, under twenty three level or under seventeen. And the you know there probably is a lot more free free flowing free flowing football. But unfortunately, um, and I think it's an advantage playing in stadiums without crowds. Those 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 players, you know, without the criticisms of uh, of, of you know of, of you know of, of fans should be able to show a bit more courage when they're on the pitch because they're capable of that. And that's mm. that's what worries me. We are capable of playing better football, but there's some sort of mental block. You can't tell me that the player, you know, the manager doesn't want him to do that. And we're just, he just says, I want you to give the ball to Jack Hunt and just kick it in the area as high as you can and we'll, we'll chase the ball because Naki Wells will say, well, in that case, I'm off in January. Yeah, There's, there's no point. So we are better than that. I mean, in the first half as well, of course, and to some extent in the second half, Adam Naj was just completely anonymous. And he's got 
he's got a lot of capability. If you saw him against QPR, he's a box-to-box player, maybe without the physical attributes of, uh, of, of somebody like Josh Brownhill. But he's more than capable of, of, uh, of getting on the end of balls and making things happen. Yeah. And not enough, we're just not making those things happen against teams yeah. that want to sit in. And when we play Wickham on Boxing Day, they will sit in. And they will frustrate because that's what teams that's do. What they You've do. got to find yeah. a way of beating it. Yeah, Dave, just you, not doing that. Yeah, Dave, you uh, did a did a, did your match ratings, and I know you're not a great fan of Naj, and I've sung his praises. And he, no, you know, no, I'm not I don't great, mind. You, I don't mind not, Naj, you gave it. You no, gave I'm him a, a four. You gave him a four last night, and oh, I did. Yeah, yeah. You gave Chris Martin a four, and you said Elchingham. You gave him a naught as a referee, and <laughs> Ke- um, Keith Stroud is like Pierre Luigi Kalina. I hate Jeff Elchingham. I think he's the worst. I think he's the worst referee out there. He is someone who was, I don't think he's ever played a game of football in his life. Let, you know, he's probably never had a kick about in the playground because no one ever picked yeah. him, I suspect. But it just, he just does not know what a football match is about. And therefore, he makes lots of wrong decisions and he gets swayed by, by people. And you know, today, it was swayed by players. Often, he'll be swayed by crowds. And, and yeah, I, I don't rate him. I, you know. But, you know, play... <laughs> You, you, you've come to me in the past, and I'm normally the kind of I say balance one. I'm not sure that's necessarily right, but I, I probably see some more positives than than, than 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 a lot of you know people on OTIP do. But I've never given so many four and five marks to to players in, in my life, and 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 I, you know I guess the email I sent you last night and, and Ian and Mark was we, our first half performance is so inept. How does anyone come out of that with a, with a six out of ten if they were a Two out of ten in the first half, or a three out of ten in the first half. It, yeah. it, they can't make up that much, can they? And, and hence, you know, my, my scores were, were were pretty low last night. But you know, I, I think I said at Rotherham, one of the, one of the our problem is we we're too deep. Our defensive lines too deep. And last night it was. You go back and watch that game again, and you watch um, Huntington or um, yeah. Davis at the back, and if they're clearing a ball. You wait how long the ca- it takes for the camera to pan to where our back line is. You know, in essence, if that camera is covering forty yards of the pitch, it should it should be a quick pan, and you should see our defensive line. You know, I think y- years ago Gary Birtle said the optimum distance between your front and back line is thirty five yards. Well, at times last night, and a lot of times last night, we were fifty to sixty yards apart. And so, yeah. Ian, you go back to your point about you know hitting long balls to Martin and, and Wells, well, you can't play a, a short pass along the ground because it's impossible to knock a 50, 60-yard ball along the deck with any pace to, to reach someone. And to me, that I'm not saying that's the only problem with the way we're playing, but I don't think it matters what formation, what setup you do if you your back line's 50 or 60 yards away from your front line. And I, I think all you do is you basically set your midfield up to fail because they've got too much ground to cover. You know, some, someone who's, who's on Masengo's case all the time was posting last night and saying, oh, Masengo runs around like headless chicken. I'm thinking, he's got to run around like headless chicken because he's got 40 yards to, to close down a player because we're just not compact. And I, I did some stuff in the week as well where I looked at our distances front to back from, I think it was... was it Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah, mm-hmm. Sheffield Wednesday was the home game where we were a bit mixed, weren't we? We, we played... Yeah average-ish first half, and then second half, we had a really good second half. Yes, and our, our distances there were about 35 to 40 yards front, front to back. Rotherham, 
we were fit 50 yards. And, and, and those 10 to 15 yards make a huge difference. It allows the opposition to get on the ball with a bit of time. So is this coaching it. again? Is this coaching again, Dave? Because Co- I can, coaching I can, and you, tactics, you understand isn't it? the technical f- aspects of the game far more than I do. Yeah, I admit to that. But I, how you said it, it's almost sort of saying, don't, we're all, every week, it's blame the midfield, blame the midfield. But then is it, you know, is, is the back line accountable as I, well I, then? Yeah, I, I think last night, especially, you know, for for half an hour, I was moaning that Callas must be suffering from his dead leg because he's so deep. And and then after about 35 minutes, he, he sprinted for a ball. I'm thinking, oh, he must be fine. So why is he setting his line so deep? And Did you and, notice and then, as well, did you notice as well, Dave, when we when the midfield lost the ball, um, you know, from our, our few attacks, when we got in, when we, we tried to get in our final third, there was so much space for Barcazen and Sinclair to exploit because of that that deep line. Then they could make those, those runs, and of course, everybody yeah. everybody pushed pushed up in the second half when we changed it. We were much more compact, and it completely changed. Sinclair, we, we already saw Sinclair. You saw already yeah. saw Sinclair in the second half because yeah. we, the lines were much more compact. Exactly what you said. It, it was um, it was better. I thought it was, it still still one worked still, very well for them. What you had in that midfield last night was three players who can't pass the ball that well. I mean, they can pass it twenty yards tops, but they're never going to ping one. Um, Should need to though, Ian. They're <laughs> not. Well, if you if you do what you say, play a uh, play a much higher line. Um, you, I don't think many teams um, will certainly not Wickham uh, would outpace us. Any no. of our uh, defenders from the halfway line. No. So you've got to. Get I, know, I noticed to dominate. That... But hang on, Mark. Hang on. The the. The problem that, that you've got in in the fact that, that there's lots of things happen with that. When we play a long ball and Dave, Mart- uh, Dave Martin, Chris Martin flicks it on, <laughs> there's no one there. Him and Wells, for two blokes that have been playing together, have got no understanding of each other whatsoever. It's the same with Fam. When he gets up and he does happen to win the header and flick it on, no one's gone beyond him. Not the other strikers. No one. No, no. What's the point? So he's either got to jump it three feet in the air and chest it and bring it down. Good luck with that. And I think if we'd have had Lionel Messi and Luis Suarez up front last night, we wouldn't have scored. I, I agree. And, 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 and that's and you know it's no good putting players in a team and asking them to do things they can't do. And that's where we've left ourselves. We've sold and loaned out three midfield players, four if you include Smith, who we released. And we're stuck with the ones that we've got in there. And, yeah. and I cannot honestly see the point of doing that, uh, certainly all of them, even if, if uh, when they knew that Walsh and Williams weren't going to make it. Mm-hmm. And, and if they didn't know they weren't going to make it, you have to ask the question, well, why didn't they know? Yeah, you, you go back to that high line, Ian, and uh, I was having a bit of a, a debate with, with Spudsky on the, on the forum this, this, this morning. And it's funny, yesterday I posted something about what my kind of basic footballing philosophy was. And, it, and it's all built around pace. It's built around high lines. And it's built about if you can't pass the ball along the deck into your front players, you've got to spin them in behind. And, and you know, it's, it's a pretty basic football philosophy. But I think what you're saying there about high line is right. You either do that or... If your defence has got sucked too deep, your, your, your defense, I'm sorry, your forwards have got to come deep as well. And in some respects, if you do that, you bring their back line with you so you condense the space. 
And therefore, you then get your options back out round in the channels then as well. And and it, it's it's all I, I used an analogy of a rubber band on a on a, a, the other night. And and to to me that was exactly what it was our rubber band was stretched to breaking point last night. And what we needed to do was condense that whole pitch and give Preston less room to play. And therefore, you can actually press. And that was the feature of Johnson's seventeen eighteen three or four months of of great football was. Actually, we ended up paying like a 4 6 naught or a, a 4 4 2 naught because our two strikers, Patterson and Reed, dropped into midfield. They sucked the defenders with them. And therefore, our press only needed to run 20 yards. Yeah. It's far better than 40 yards. Now, I'm no coach either, but there are some basics out there that unfortunately become muddled over the last six, eight games, I think, which. I didn't see at all in those opening six, eight games. And there's a bit, a bit of a middle in period as well. I, I saw, I see a totally different team to what I saw at the, you know, the, the side I saw at the start of the season, which I was quite enthused about. I, I'm, I'm quite worried at the moment. You're worried in what sense? They worried that you know we could go through January with this bad run continuing. Mm. I mean, the good thing is we've got like now. Uh, well, since they played, I mean, they're, they're, they've, they've got a complete week. They've almost got a normal week now leading up yeah. to uh, Boxing Day. Well, eight days, and you think Eight days. And you'd think, yeah. Yeah, Mark, Mark's right, eight days. You know, eight days a week, yeah, we could do with that. Because we have been playing relentlessly. There's no oh, doubt about that. Just mitigating but, circumstances, Dave, absolutely. But there's some fundamentals wrong at the moment, in my opinion. And, and if you don't get yeah. those fundamentals wrong, you know, that wasn't a bad 11 they put out last night. It wasn't our first choice 11. No. But it wasn't a bad 11 either. But, but that's what we've been saying, though, about the previous week when people say, oh, it's a weak bench. I mean, it was weak last night. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot of players. So when you say there's something wrong, right, and, okay, we've got a week now to collect our thoughts and what have you, and we've got huh, Wickham. Now everybody's thinking, oh, that's fine. We'll put that right against them. <laughs> Right? Yeah. You know, what <laughs> What if you were Dean Holden, I'll come to each of you individually on this, what would you, you, not if you were Dean Holden, Dave, Dean Holden, what should he be doing this week on the training field or in the tactics room with his assistants? What would you be saying? And if you were the players, right, because there's some experienced players out there, what would you be saying? Because it's a two-way conversation sometimes if it's being run properly. What would you be saying to um, the coaches? So you first, Dave. Yeah, um, I think first thing I'd be doing is using all of my man management skills to try and build some confidence. But then... That's kind of like off the training ground or, you know, in, in the dressing room, in the change rooms. On the training ground, define your system that you are going to play for the rest of the season and don't change. And if, and if that means that some players don't get in, I don't know we haven't got much choice at the moment, then so be it. But you need to play a single way and people need to get used to it. Mm. And, and, and that's why from a player's point of view I think if I was Masengo I'd be saying why did I get taken off at half time boss because yeah. I think that was a, a, a poor decision okay, okay and Hype you could say well we played better second half but Naj still wasn't exactly storming through the midfield was he um, so yeah I I think the rest of them there might even be that kind of cosy club because we've got so many injuries you know you're guaranteed to be on the bench. You know you yeah. actually, you know, seventy-five percent of our fit players are going to start every week, and maybe that creates a bit of coziness. I don't, 
the other the thing is, he, he is we, we can say we play play with one system, but at the moment our most threatening players from the creator point of view are probably Semenyo and Odauda, and you can't play them in a three five two. You certainly can't play. I don't think you can play Odauda in a mid, in a middle three because he's completely wasted. And I think the difference at the start of the season um, is, I think um, Dean wanted to play three five two with Walsh and Williams. When he lost them, he, he had a little bit of a different um, system with Patterson and Vyman moving. They, their pace was able to move defenders out of position. They were very lively, and that created chances that, that, that accumulated ten goals in the first five games. Ten goals in the first five, and ten in the next fifteen. That that that's been the that's difference. Poor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, what would you be doing then, well, Mark? What would you be? What you know? What what would you? And if you were a player, I mean, I think Dave just said about Masengo saying, "Why you t- keep taking me off? Give me a run." I felt I was getting my mojo back. If you were a player, Mark, what would you be saying to the gaffer in terms well, of the style? Have, yeah, I, I think the, the players got to play with more confidence. There's confidence lacking there. I've, to, to, you know, we, we don't need to be on to be on the back foot all through the first half. Well, despite the first quarter now, like we were against Preston, that, that was mainly because we weren't answer. You know, giving them any questions to answer in terms of attacking. You know, midfield players have to get beyond their their fullbacks. Uh, if we're playing with with two wide men, the fullbacks have got to, have got to move move up the pitch and exchange passes with with the. Uh, uh, with the left and right midfields to, to be able to put the full back under pressure, likewise, likewise a midfield two or three or what, whatever you play, have got to uh, against the defence that are sitting in. They've got to, to to try and run beyond the centre backs. So be a bit braver on the ball. Those players are capable of playing better, and I think a lot of it is is lost in the head. Where they can't complete physically, they can play better technically. I think what we lack in in the midfield is the ability to put to tackle. Mm. Um, we 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 certainly uh, we're certainly the, the, the very f- physically capable in the centre of the pitch, uh, and we're not playing we're not we're not playing um, you know great football to be able to play a possession game. So you're going to have to find something in between the two in transition where you get the ball perhaps behind the fullbacks and then bring the team up. I don't know. So are our coaches. Well, yeah, so go on, Ian. Get, have your say on this. Have your say on this. Well, I, I wouldn't be as wordy. Are, are our coaches <laughs> good enough to deliver the breath of fresh air and take us to the next level? And no. On everything I'm seeing, no. Uh, so I don't think they'll be able to do many of the things you've suggested. Uh, okay, in January, uh, if all the players that are said to be coming back in January... Uh, and Touch that wood. would be Patterson, Lawson, Walsh, Williams, uh, as as for and Baker. That's five. That would make it a completely different side, and you could play three five two, and you could play uh, getting your full backs up a bit higher. We're not going to see Vyman or De Silva this season. No. Um, and uh, Sessignon's probably. Uh, we won't see Brunt again until March. And by the way. The guy that was going to be their man of the match until he went off, uh, Gallagher, is a year yeah. older than Chris Brunt. Yeah. So it's not a question of the player's age. Now, Chris Brunt is now out until March. So, yeah. Um, well, he has I, got I the think, same way as Gary O'Neill, hasn't he? Yeah. Because, well, yeah. The problem yeah. with it, the, the problem yeah. with it Dave, is that you've got to look at recruitment, 
are we recruiting the right people? Are we doing enough background checks or are we having our leg lifted in a transfer market like we did with Enkval? Um, and and I, so I think it goes a lot deeper than, well, we're not playing very well. But I think you could you could do better. What would I do against Wickham um, with what's available? I think I'd probably start um, with the team that finished against Preston, play a higher line. But if something wasn't out, I, I def, actually I wouldn't. I'd start with Gigi up front because I think the reason he got sent off is because he didn't start the game against Millwall. Yeah. And he came on, he was so pent up and frustrated. The poor guy's eyes were bulging out of his head. Yeah. So get him in the team. Uh, either that, or uh, even if that means you get to January and somebody comes in with a cheeky offer and you take it and then you reinvest that money in, in, in another striker, somebody to score goals. If it's not working, then, and certainly in the, F, in the FA Cup game coming up, I would play the likes of Bell. I'd certainly recall Palmer and Campering. That gives you options at, at left wing back, left yeah. back, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And I watched him for Portsmouth last night and we had a decent game. Um, and and then at least you can say, well, okay, I, I will play with two more holding style midfield players, but I'll put Palmer in, play him as a 10, give him a free roll, and hopefully he can work a bit of magic and set something up for Wells or Gigi, yeah. or whatever. You can't go on. You'd never, you'd never play. You'd never play Palmer and Odada in the same side, though, would you? I don't. I would. Well, if you played, if you played four five one and just had Fam up front, you could actually do that. And that's what Brentford did last season. They played two very attacking wide players who would still tuck in and do some work, but they also played an attacking midfield player, somebody like Canos, who we were linked with. So you can do it, but you have two in midfield holding, and particularly when you, if you've got Walsh and Williams back, then th- that would then um, give Palmer a bit more license to push on. And so when you're attacking, it's four three three, and you push the midfield forward. Once again, playing the high line that, that Dave talked about, because we're just too easy to play against. And mm. and I don't, but like I say, I, I I've got no confidence in the coaches, in, in, in solving the problem. Uh, because I don't think you solve a problem with the thinking that created it. And Dean Holden was part of the thinking that created the way we played the last... Yeah, four six, years. Four seasons. And the last two seasons, well, I mean, what I would ask you all as a question is, what's different now from the last two seasons under Lee? Uh, all I would say, absolutely nothing, because it's becoming a chore to watch when you've been doing something for 50 odd years, you do it. I'll come on to something, uh, a, an interaction with well, the club. I'll be honest with you, Dave, you were no. talking about yeah. ticket money. If you gave me a hundred pounds, I wouldn't go to the Wickham game. That, that's how intro that that's, I, I'd yeah. rather just, if they gave you, if, yeah, if you, not. if somebody gave you, yeah. If they gave you, yeah, I'd, I'd be breaking free. it all if I went. <laughs> yeah. If, it's free. Go on. If, Free hundred the hundred pound deal where you get a meal and something else. Well, I'll bring up. I mean, you guys heard it before we went into this, right? I've been a Lansdowne Club uh, member. I did a ten year deal years ago. Then I done. I'm on year. This is year five of a five year deal. So Mel and I, we both go, and it costs us two and a half grand. Now I knew when that five year deal ran out, that was probably going to go up 
to three grand. And we were seriously considering not doing it because that's a lot of money, right? I got a call from the club yesterday saying, doing corporate hospitality for the Wigan game, the Wickham game, uh, it's £100 plus VAT. They always say plus VAT, so it doesn't look so bad. That's 120 quid For the two of us to go to that game, it was 240 Now, they've only got 200 corporate hospitality places there on Boxing Day, and they will sell out at that price because there's some people who are a fool with their money and some people, unlike you, Ian, and you know, unlike me, you know, will still go regardless. So I said to them, would it not be fair... Would it not be fairer if um, they took one twenty-third of the 500 quid they're holding over from last season, which would take the 120 quid down to 65? Still 130 for the two of us, but it's sat in their bank account. So it's gone as far as I'm concerned. No, no, they wouldn't do that. You know, it was like it's 100 quid, take it or leave it. And you are getting table service, I was told. Yeah, well, and what about a gesture of goodwill to people that have put five years commitment to go into the club then i said can i get a ticket can i get a ticket only option no you can't you're not a season ticket holder so you'll have to take your chance with the rest and 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 i said i'll have my money back and in fact they'd offered me the money back and if they'd have said i could have a ticket only i left the money there so they are there's four others in our group so they are giving me back 1500 quid of which 500 is mine and mel's 1500 quid next week <coughs> And I feel I've I I copied Mark uh, Kelly on the email, and it's not it's not a girl who I was interacting with. It's not her, right? But 120 quid to watch it when I can sit at home with a mince pie on Boxing Day, yeah, and you know, okay, put up with uh, whoever's doing the assistant commentary. But I think that's appalling, and it'll be interesting. I mean, Dave, are you are you are you going on? On Wicked, no, you know, what what I'm have they tier, decided? What's happened? What's happened? Oh, you're tier three, aren't you? You're tier three, but yeah, they they from a uh, disabled section point of view, um, they have ten seats and ten carers out of the out mm. of the uh, two two thousand. So, which I, I don't know what the proportions are today, but you know, is that I, I guess they've done it in pro rata to the split of wheelchair supporters to mm. able bodied supporters. So, but you know, they 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 parting with 1500 quid that no flexibility no thank you for your loyalty i mean i could afford to go i could afford to spend the money it's not the point um, is it no no, no. I, I, so, and, I, and, and i think i'll be honest look we were shat upon i know you want to talk about the man united game mark at some point which seems a distant memory now but we were shat upon with tickets <laughs> on that and i know last season if we'd have got up if we'd have got up you know we'd have got up via the playoffs last season, the final year of this deal, right, that we were on, they wouldn't have wanted us or any of There's probably about 60 people on a five-year deal. They wouldn't have wanted us in that corporate lounge. And I said to Mark Kelly, I said, Mark, if we did get up, this was before, obviously, we were we came back and Lee got his four games. I said, if I was in your situation, I'd be buying me out because you're getting about 100 quid a game from me, whereas if we're in the Premier League, Right, they could sell what I've got for three hundred quid a game for most of those matches. Yeah. Now here we are now. Right, I had five hundred quid carried over, fifteen hundred if you include the other people in my group. Yeah. I'm having it. I'm having it all back. Just bear with me one second. Just bear with me one second. It's not Mark Kelly. No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm having it back. I'm having it back. I'm having the money back. Right. 
uh, and as I said, it's with a heavy heart that I'm having it back. Yeah, because I just don't think it's 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 right. And if they'd have said the ticket, I'd have left it all there. You know, because I don't I don't want I don't need the money back. Yeah, but I just feel once again, you know, Bristol Sport, this corporate entity, they're not really interested in what the fans think. But you know, this season, because we ain't going to go up, famous last words. Yeah, next season when a lot of people, you know, what what's next season going to look like? And when they're trying to sell season tickets and people have got the option, a lot of people have gone away from their routines like I have mm-hmm. for 50 years, right? You know, people are going to think twice about buying a season ticket, yeah? And they'll be begging us. Well, they won't. They're too dumb to even... Well, they might. They're, they're, there's that. people who won't be in a financial position to, to purchase season tickets, <laughs> A lot of people. Tickets, David. A lot of people. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people just won't be able to do it. I mean, we all... Well, I, I mean, I we all, I'm be- sure we all worry about our jobs. I made a decision this year, even though I bought a season ticket, not to go. And um, I contacted the club and said I'd like my money back. And, and then we had all the COVID um, stuff. So I started getting my money back anyway. Um, uh, that was to do with the fiasco over the appointment of Dean Holden. It wasn't because we appointed Dean Holden. Had we done that um, after Lee had been gone for a week, um, I... I wouldn't have had a problem if, but no, we had, we had to have all the big build up about the project and how wonderful it was and uh, how we wanted to go to the next level and how we were doing this global search and we'd had applications from all over the world. And exactly the same thing happened when we appointed Lee Johnson. We were looking at Brendan, allegedly, Brendan Rogers, Nigel Pearson actually expressed an interest. Um, and well, that's like this all, time, Steve Gerrard, you know, they didn't well, put the mockers ladies on. Ladies and gentlemen. Talk, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Dean Lee Johnson. Yeah, and this time. And now it's to, and, and I, I, I was so hacked off with that process. I said, right, that's it. I won't bother to go. Just give me my money back. Um, yeah. I can if I'm yeah. abroad, I can I can watch it on Robin's TV. As it's turned out, I've watched games on Robin's TV. I've also watched games on Sky Red Button and on Sky Main Match. So I'm actually quids in. Yeah. But, Next season, unless something changes radically for the better, and that could be the six or seven injured players coming back, but unless it changes radically for the better in terms of not just because the last three games we've played reasonably well for 45 minutes. That was last night. The other games we were pitiful throughout, absolutely pitiful. Mm -hmm. And what bothered me last night in the first half wasn't that the players weren't trying. It was that a lot of them were, and they were still terrible. And yeah, I, I just, I don't want to watch that, um, <laughs> that level of performance. We were terrible at home against Birmingham, Middlesbrough, Millwall. Uh, we were abysmal at Rotherham and we were abysmal first half last night. Now, that isn't a blip. That's a pattern, yeah. and and I'm not. I'm just not seeing progress and improvement, even when I take into account, and I have taken into account, the the, the terrible injury um, problems that that we've got, um, and they. I think they are worse than an awful lot of clubs. I know clubs have gotten, but I mean, not arguably seven blokes that would be in the first team. Yeah. 
They're yeah. not. They're not. Other clubs aren't suffering from Dave, long. Dave, one long, of the one of the points. Sorry, go on, Dave. Say, I was going to say, say other other clubs aren't suffering long term injuries like us. You know, there there was the you know comparisons of Norwich a couple of weeks ago, but they they had you know Pookie and Cruel and um, who's the other guy, Vrancic and people. Like, they had them out for two games maximum. You know, we we've got them out for a long time. And I think you're right, Ian. You know, I think we all are. You know, anybody who's half sensible about this. Yeah. understands there are some mitigating factors. Yeah. But even with those mitigating factors, what we're seeing is not good enough. It's not like we've got five kids out there that, you know, and that's why we're losing, not putting in a performance, and they're trying their best. And so these, are, these are pretty much established enough yeah. players to, to, you know, they're players that have played when we were doing well at the start of the season. Yeah, we, no, you're right. You're right. That's the thing. If we were putting out the kids, if we were putting out the kids and losing, then and, and playing with a little bit of effort, then happy days. Yeah, it's not paying. Eric, somebody Eric and somebody Kelly on time, here. Somebody on here who's got the uh, name ending seventy five S Y. I think I know who it might be because he said if you don't want to spend the money, don't go. You do bang on a bit, uh, and if it is, if you're listening and your initials are TC, just do one. You complete. Whatever, uh, and he's also said, which it means. Well, I think it might be this person, Steve Gerrard. Never had a clue about any interest. As to Brendan Rogers, seriously, what planet are you on? This is hilarious. Brendan Rogers was back in about 2016, not the most recent one, but uh, but there we go. Oh, look, he's come on, come on, lads. This is hard work. 15 minutes I've been listening. It's like four old blokes suffering depression. What about saying something positive and upbeat? Well, why not enter the live studio then? Yeah, come in. Offer us something positive and upbeat. Yeah, are you being on? Are you on happy pills? The problem we've got is yeah. every, everything about City, and this has been going on for decades now. We, we oversell and underdeliver greatly, under-deliver. both both corporately and and on the pitch. And you know, people go, aren't going to be taken from mugs. I mean, with the Dean Holden situation, he's almost like Steve McLaren when uh, Louis Philippe Scolari, the FA, went chasing him for months before he, he pulled out, mm-hmm. and McLaren was appointed, and they said. He was our first choice. Dean wasn't our first choice. Dean was third, third, fourth. It's not Dean's fault. It's the club. It's a laughable attempt at trying to convince everybody. They don't want it. He's an easy touch. Look, he's not. I mean, Paul Cook, by all accounts, isn't a very nice bloke, right? But he's got a half-decent record, albeit a lower level of football. Yeah, but he's not got a bad record down there. And they want the easy touch. Um, Dave, earlier on in one of the texts, you you, you said about... um, the debate of uh, Mark Ashton's role in all of this, because people are on OTIB, fingers start to point in that direction. And you say, let's see how he deals in an inflationary market mm-hmm. with the transfer window opening in about 10 days time. Yeah. To, to pl- pl- please expand on yeah, that. Yeah, I, I guess it's a, a non-inflationary market is, 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 is the point. If I, if I Non-inflationary type, market, type, yeah. If I typed it wrong. Um, yeah, I think over the past few years, you know, Let's, let's not worry about, you know, if Mark Ashton's smarmy or anything like that. I, I think he's a bloody good f- football administrator, okay? I'm not I'm not going to dispute that. And he's got a lot of kudos for selling players at good prices. And I, and I think my argument, same, same argument was kind of with, with Lee Johnson, it's not difficult to turn in transfer profit in an inflationary market. And it's, when we first started doing these podcasts yeah. months ago, I said... Him appointing Dean, I'm quite, I'm quite behind Dean Holden, and I, and I still am. I, I think he's under pressure. I said this will, this appointment will make or break Mark Ashton, and, and that's really because of two things. One, because 
John Lansdowne is never going to be the full guy if it goes wrong. It's always going to be Mark Ashton and, and obviously Dean Holden himself if it, if it goes wrong. And the other thing is we're in COVID times and Mark Ashton can't sidle up to Steve Lansdowne and say, oh, well, it's all the manager's fault. Look how much money I've earned. Because, I, you know, it's interesting. I haven't had the account through. The last couple of years, they've been produced yep. in October and November. I did look back a little bit further and, and tip it. They are usually at the end of November. But, no, you're but right. actually, you're in right. previous yeah. years, they have yeah. been quite... They, they, they've actually, right. they've actually no, been right. January and February on occasion. So I don't think it's anything necessarily to worry about. But Mark Ashton hasn't got a 10 million, a 15 million, a 20 million player to sell this year. So his, his balance scorecard, if he was... No, plus, plus there's no, in, going to plus be there's no pressure income. It's already any income, is it? You can't blame him for no. that, but the whole sustainability is buy cheap, sell dear, and he can't sell dear. And I'm not saying that's his fault, but suddenly his, his role probably has been easier to justify in an inflationary market than a non-inflationary market. And this really goes back to Ian's point at the start in terms of some of those player values. Yeah. The, the only player I think we could possibly sell for more than a couple of million is Dan Bentley. And that's quite a sad indictment when we've paid seven million for Callas. We've paid millions for yeah. for other players as well. I don't think well, we have many sales. We, might, look, we might get lucky if Viner if Viner Look, if Viner carries on the way he's playing and keeps a place in the team, but, and he wasn't but not too at bad, this like, point, Dave, he'd not, be worth. Yeah, someone no. said ten million. The other yeah, week. well, Viner no, can't play. If he can't, if he can't play against journeyman, journeyman players like Michael Smith. I mean, Zhao of of, uh, of of Reading, okay, but if he can, if yeah. he gets beasted by players like Mike, Michael Smith, who's just been allowed around the lower leagues, has never really made it in the championship, then he's got a problem if he can't. If he can't mark tighter in the penalty box, can he? He's never going to do it. Well, that's a physical size yeah. thing. And what you do, you play a much higher line and you don't let people, you don't give away <laughs> stupid free kicks and you don't let people ping balls all day in the box. That's yeah. what yeah. you don't do. Because Michael Smith can win, win as many headers as he wants on the halfway line. Just drop off, let him flick it on and pick up the flick. Well, it, was a, it was a second goal well, he got last he week. Do? That was on the ground, wasn't it? The, the cross from Ola Sunday when he, he just dived, he just dived yeah, in but, and, but, and beat Yeah, Viner. but Mark, it's a, it's, a, it's a cross into the penalty area and he gets in what Lee Johnson loves to call yeah. POMO. Position of maximum yeah. opportunity maximum and he turns it in. Because, Zach, if you're in a fight against a bloke that size, look at the bloke that Cardiff got, who I said we should have signed. Keith Moore. Kiefer Moore, right? You ain't going to get in a fight with him, right? He's too big. He's too hard. He's going to knock you over if you're Zach Viner or Taylor Moore. Or, uh, and I think Thomas Callas did have a good game against him. I'll give him that. But he should have still scored goals against us. That was, that was a, a lucky win. So uh, I'm, you, you decide at least uh, the respect that I've got for Rotherham is at least they decided how they wanted to play. Yeah. Right? And they played and they yeah. inflicted their game on us and we never had a bottle to, to fight back against it and impose our game on them. And that yeah. concerns me. That's about heart, spirit, character. Didn't see any of it against Rotherham. No. Saw very little the, against Millwall yeah. and only saw a bit of fight in, in the second half last night. That, yeah. That's the worrying no. thing. It's a runner game. It's not a one No. It's not so a we, so we, are we close... To the to the edge in 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 terms of 
the, the, the form could go into go not into the abyss, but we're on, on the thin end of the wedge in terms of losing a lot of games in a row. I mean, Wickham only lose games narrowly. They've got two wins all season. A lot of their games are very are very close. And looking at their form, draws, couple with I single think, goal I think, Mark, I think we, could, we, were, we could lose if, that. If we were to, we need, we need, we need a performance. Well, we need a performance against Wickham. Of that, there is no doubt. We need a performance. And there'll be fans I, in the stadium watching it. If it's a nil-nil, and there will be, but there be there won't be any. They won't be getting any criticism because everybody will be just happy just to be back in the ground, right? We but we need a performance. Oh, for, and for we five need minutes, Stroke <laughs> should win. Yeah, <laughs> right. For five, well, it only takes a second to score a goal, doesn't it? Right. But if we were to perish, we'll have a dodgy draw at home to Wickham like nil-nil or something like that went to Luton and we've been to Luton enough times over the years on that pitch on their day bank holiday I don't know whether they're tier three or not or whatever but if we were to draw against Wickham lose um, uh, at Luton and then what's the next game guys is it Brentford yeah, Brentford yeah. away yeah. what's the New Year's Day on the 7th Brentford away so we go home away away home away away right you know, so let's say we got one point out of the next nine available. Then you've got the Portsmouth game. Now, by that time, right, we're going to be well entrenched in mid-table. Does the panel think that given that we would then not do anything in the transfer market by thinking that, okay, we have got those players coming back, as opposed to if over the last three games we picked up six points and over the next three games we picked up another five yeah let's say five or six yeah would there have been a different attitude going into the transfer market because you know we still don't know 100 percent that these players are going to be coming back but if we carry on the bad run and it is a bad run i think it's two wins in seven if we carry on the bad run it's not going to be worth trying to make a strike for promotion and the other thing, of course, with the, the squad with, at the moment, do you? Yeah. Well, do Mark, you need, do you a, do you need that, to do a do you need to do a strike that that fends off possible scrapping at the bottom for a relegation? And, and by the way, I just we're just done some quick numbers. Our team last night, this de- depleted, terrible side, cost us twenty four point five million pounds to mm. assemble. Right, and I'm not counting the bench. It wasn't a weak side, Ian, was it last night? It wasn't no, our first it, choice it, team, it, but it, it wasn't weak it either. Was, yeah, we should have been better than we were. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I get a bit, you know, oh, well, you know. I mean, if you're going to, if if you, Steve Lansdowne wants to say, right, okay, I'm not, we're not playing in the transfer market. I, I think that what we would do is get loans. What would tempt fate is if somebody comes in and says, look, I know he's out of contract um, in, in June. Uh, here's a million quid for Jiju. And to see where the club back. We would. would. Well, I think you'd only take it if you could replace yeah. him. And, and the only way you'd replace him is with a loan. Um, and we've been linked with a couple of lower division strikers, but, but that's not normally gone well for us, let's be honest, or bringing somebody down from Scotland. Yeah. Um, so it, I think it is, for me... It, and, it, and it depends between last night and the start of Feb, there's 24 points to play for. Now, when are those players coming back? Are they coming back in early January or are they coming back round about the 30th of January? 
because yeah. if it's the 30th of January, that's another 24 points gone. Yeah. And, um, you know, and by that time, if it goes the way that other places have gone, I mean, Luton is in tier three, by the way. Um, if it goes the way other places have gone with the tier in London, for example, Bristol could be back in tier three and nobody's down there again. So, you know, there's all kinds of things that could happen, but we need to be better than we are with what it, we've it, got. Yeah, it is a numbers game because, look, you've just said, Ian, there's eight points to play, eight games, 24 points to play for between now and the end of the season, right? Now, assuming none of the players come back, but we can bring back Casey Palmer, let's say we average one and a half points a game over that. That's 12 points, right? That puts us on 42 with 18 games to go, right? 18 Mm -hmm. games to go. So we would have to get about... 1.8 1.8 points a game, if on my memory serves me correctly, 1.8 mm-hmm. times 18, that would put us on 30, 1.8 points a game. 1.8 would give us 74, would give us 74 um, 76 points. points it give you, David, points, but it's, yeah. nearly, it's nearly 1.9, so you're looking at two points a game, so we ain't going to do okay, that. Yeah, we're getting one and a half at the moment, aren't we? So that's yeah, the harsh reality. We got a lot yeah. of those, you know, like that, the goals. We got a lot of, that, that's, lot of the that's, points that's, in the first five games. Yeah, yeah. But do you think, you know, is that the best we can hope for? You know, is, is 12 points up to the end of, that's getting one and a half points a game. That's more than we've averaged by some distance compared to the last seven games, yeah? Because that's, you've often said that to me in the past, Ian. What's going to change? Yeah. You know, what is going to change? What's going to, you know, I, you could get three well, of those points against Wickham. Yeah. And you. Well, what you could, could get, Dave, get, is you know, there are three, you know, there are three and, things. Let's say you beat Wickham and Luton. You're back in the mix again, aren't you? Yeah. Well, there's, there's Dave, you've got the three things that could change. Number one, injured players come back. Yeah. Number two, we signed some decent lads, probably on loan from Premier Division clubs. Yeah. Um, and. You could get um, all that, and this is very unlikely. You could get um, a change of head coach, and so a, a, a better tune out of the players that you've got. But like I say, th- number three is very doubtful. The, the the other two are to some extent within our control, but only to some extent because yeah. all those injured players could have another relapse. I know this is going to sound yeah. a stupid, stupid comment, but I think you know, in in the past, I think you know, certainly as we've built up to the you know this congested fixtures, we just we've kind of said we need to just play the kids in the FA Cup, and and you know, and take the hit and go out in the third round. I actually think we need to progress in the third round of the FA Cup. I think you know, there's, there's financial reasons for doing that, but there's also. We've, Keeps a bit of interest it, going. It does it, keep some interest yeah, going, but it also, if, you know, if if we are still trying to embed players and get players back from from injury, again, it's it's a it's only a minor point, but that's one less league fixture you pay in January. Yeah, because you didn't, you didn't play Huddersfield on 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 the twenty third, and I don't. I might yeah. sign a minor thing, but if you're on a bad bad run or whatever, and you can just scape a win in a cup against Portsmouth, you get yourself a, a yeah. break, and you actually between Norwich. And Derby with that cup game sandwiched in between, you've actually got you know ten days without a league game, and we might need to take every got little, like advantage, break, every little yeah. advantage we we can. And because 
you know, it's fine margins out there, isn't it? But it, it yeah. is little little things like that could work in our favour. And then, of course, and then, of course, between Williams being back for Huddersfield and, and then perhaps having another week's training and being back for Derby, you know, that that's the kind of little advantages I think we need to look at. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, that's the right. chance you're going to get to get those uh, this turned out to be quite a long one. Mark, you wanted to, uh, just, to just to wrap up, just to conclude. Yeah, just to conclude, you're right, get them on grass in a competitive game against Portsmouth if they are anywhere fit. I think that's still maybe 10 days too early because I think it's going to be the end of Jan. Mark, you wanted to pay, pay, that's the right word, homage to what happened three years ago, round about now, three years ago this week, actually, to be precise, wasn't it? The infamous uh, game against um, Matt. Call on the Boxing Day. Yeah, and it was looking so great. But, uh, Mark, why, why did you want to bring up the Man United game? It's just depressing yeah. one to think about that. Well, we it was... Somewhere then. It was, uh, yeah, you think it was just... It, it, the, the sound was, was just dropping off then, uh, David. Um, because it was, well, it was three years ago tomorrow, and, and I looked at the goals again this, this morning, and it just showed how you can play through, through the third of the pitch. And the second goal, to watch Corey Smith score... And what a great move that was for a player that I don't I can't remember him, him scoring one one league goal for Bristol City and he only scored about three or four goals in his old career at Ashton Gate. But the way that we moved those balls through the thirds, I mean the first one with with, with Brian juggled the ball yeah. and then played played it to, to pack and then took a return pass. Wouldn't it be great to see our, our full backs actually, you know, run through through on goal and strike the strike the ball like that? And the reverse yeah. pass by Taylor. Left, that was our left winger that scored, Mark. Yeah, well, the reverse, the reverse pass, the reverse pass for um, you know by by, by Matt Taylor Matt for, Taylor, for Smith yeah. to get you know playing against the high line defence. It just shows you what players can be capable of if they you know they show show a bit of confidence. But it, the fact that it was three years ago and, and how we could have great... done with a player, how we could yeah. have done with a player like Matt Taylor, yeah. Yeah, just imagine Matt Taylor yeah, then. He'd make on, a difference. Wait a minute. Well, that's like if your auntie had, you know, what should be your <laughs> uncle. It doesn't make, doesn't make a blind bit no, of difference, no. does it? I mean, who's going to who's gonna make the Corey Smith run out of our midfield players? Possibly O'Dowda. Yeah, Mike. he nearly scored with a header uh, last not night. Not very often. Who's, who's going who's gonna to play the little pass that Matt Taylor played? None of them. Yeah. Because they can't no. pass it. They can't play that pass. So, you know, those players, Josh Brownhill, Marlon Pack, Joe Bryan, they're all playing, you know, two of them are playing in the Premier League now and that's what happens. When you're not successful, you have to sell your best players every yeah. year. And everybody said, oh, you know, poor old Lee Johnson. They had to, he had to, you've got to remember, Ian, he had to sell his best players. Yes, if you're unsuccessful, and unsuccessful means not getting promoted, yeah. you have to sell your best yeah. players. Ian, he should have, and some he should have sold those those players, Ian, in that January. That, but I'm pretty sure it was look. Look, we're on the crest of a wave here. If I if I have to get rid of perhaps one yeah. of Flint, Brian, or or Reed, then promotion's gone. Because actually, money was quite tight then. And well, we, we that's what happened. That's what the happened. Summer, didn't we? 
Yeah, yeah, but we've we've only made money in the last in one season out of about the last ten. Yeah. The other yeah. nine. It's interesting you yeah. say about getting rid of those other... players because that goes right the way back to uh, 1976 when it was rumored in the run up to promotion that year that Merrick and Richie, one or both of them, were wanted by Arsenal for they they were a million they, quid. And they made a, they, yeah they made a derisory offer didn't they I think about 250 of... for both of them didn't they and then we 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 for said no and we but stuck, we asked, we stuck we with asked, it then but uh, look it's we asked the club, we yeah, asked they, the fans they, to purchase tickets in advance. Did. That's it. It was a bit like these days, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> Dave, final word from you on the on the Man United game, and that was the pivotal moment, really, because whichever way you cut it, Man United was the height of enjoyment. Subsequent to the Crystal yeah. Palace win, yeah, it all came to a crescendo there that night at Ashton Gate three years ago, and it's been. In a, it's been a decline, hasn't it? Yeah, ever since. Yeah, we've not, we've, we've, we've not delivered from that point. Despite spending money on on paper, better players, but we come back to this hard luck on injuries. Your thoughts, Dave, just to uh, wrap up this uh, episode of uh, the podcast. Yeah, I, I guess Man, Man United for me was it was that kind of peak moment, wasn't it? You know, I think the whole the whole kind of day. I remember finishing my, my contract the, the day before. So I had the whole day and I, I kind of went down to Ashton in the morning or late, late morning, met up with a, 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 an old mate from work and his two kids. And we sat in whatever, is it Gourmet Burger? Or was it GBK? Whatever the place is called. Um, on the, so we, had a, we had a burger together. We went kind of had a couple of drinks. Then we went and watched the football. And I just remember when Joe Bryan scored that goal, I don't think I actually cheered. I think I was kind of like shocked. Yeah. I just stood there and looked at looked at Joe and thought, bloody hell, we've just we've just gone one nil up against Man United. <laughs> you know, and, and and all of a sudden there's this belief that we can win, even when um Ibrahimovic got an equaliser, you know, Ibrahimovic was like, Well we've got ahead we've got ahead once, we could do this yeah. again and you know, and then the goal in you know in injury yeah. time. And we did you know, it was, was just and we did it just was absolutely in the dying brilliant. minute and, and it and, uh, and it was seconds, you know yeah. it's I wouldn't say it's been downhill for that, but and I, and I don't want to make it sound like this is a, a Lee Johnson bashing either, because it, it's not. But I think the way we recruited through O'Driscoll and Cottrell and what we've gradually seen is those players, a lot of them have gone on to do decent things, as Ian and Mark have just said. We haven't, we haven't actually replaced them with... That is them. a very good point. If you look that is back- a very good that is a very good point. Yeah. So you look at the play, and I know we've had the success of Alan, Adam Webster and a few others that have been sold on, but all the players, yeah, all those that, that came in in that period, or say a decent number, you're right, they have gone on. Guys, this is our uh, last uh, podcast pre-Christmas. We'll be coming back on December the 30th. We're doing a live lunchtime one, a bit like this. We'll be two good games further on uh one game off the halfway point in the season i'd like to thank you for your contribution all through because it's been good to have that natter that we don't get now that we would have had with our uh with our friends uh at, at match days mike who was listening it's not you're not who i thought you were yeah we do need to be a bit more positive but it's when you listen to moments like the uh, man united uh, situation that you um you uh you know you do remember the past if i can just have a christmas thought from each of you in turn starting with you uh mark what would you like to say it doesn't 
have to be about football. But what would you like to say? Um, I just say to you know to all our listeners, Normal City fans, just stay positive. Hopefully that the uh, the coaches can instill confidence in the players. I mean, go out on the pitch and uh, make the fans proud. And let's all stay safe, you and your families, uh, and have a very happy Christmas and a much better 2021 because uh, we all deserve it. And uh, hopefully that vaccine will seep through the population and fans will return in uh, 2021 to 22. And best to you all. Great. Ian? Well, I've, got, I've just got the latest news. It's breaking news from Ashton Gate. The club are now, in, in order to raise funds, the club are now selling a manager package. <laughs> and they, you pay you pay £1,000, you pick the starting 11, you sit in the home dugout and occasionally wander around the, the uh, technical area looking at the floor. Is there a dance-off? Um, <laughs> Um, no, the my, my the I, That's great. Yeah, I, That's good. I, That's good. I, I, and you, 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 you keep saying, as I say, when you haven't said, uh, and it's about us, us levels. Um, no, I, I wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. I hope 2021 is a darn sight better than 2020. Please God. Yeah. Um, and I hope everybody stays safe healthy, well, don't lose any loved ones. And for God's sake, don't act like an idiot over Christmas in this five-day Boris Johnson <laughs> numpty free for all. <laughs> uh, and I know, I, know, I, know some, I know some people will, um, and they are already. Yeah. Um, but please don't, because, you know, how are you going to feel if you kill your gran uh, or infect a lot True. of other people? Uh, so, so please don't do it. There's good chaps. And chapesses, <laughs> and uh, God bless you all. There we go. And finally, chapesses brilliantly. And theys, and theys. You can't say chappy chapies. You can say theys as well. Dave's put his uh, lottery numbers uh, up, which I'm not going to repeat. I don't know whether I'll do them. And then if I don't do them and they win, I'll be bitter. But if I do do them and everybody who's still in the studio does it, I'll have to split it with 21 other people. But there we go. Dave, <laughs> Dave, Dave, is Dave going to say next year we'll be millionaires? Because I just love him to say that. Yeah, yeah. No, Dave, your your final your final thought before we. Yeah, I I gotta say I think the the two other guys uh, summed it up much much better than me. I think my 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 message is not a Christmas message; is is about players, not from what formations. Yeah, uh, good show, guys. Go. Thanks for uh, everything. It's um, been a pleasure as it always is. Thanks to those who've listened. I think we'll be going through the ten thousand um, downloads over the New Year period. So thanks for that and. Uh, Look at that. Got the old sound effects coming out there. Have a I great thought that was your, I thought that was your posse, David. Yeah, 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 yeah. My posse. Yeah, all right. Catch you later, guys. Good afternoon, boys. Have a great Christmas. Cheers. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry all. Christmas. God bless you all. Merry Christmas. And Until Happy New Year. Take care. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.